Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live. It is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy starts now. All right, everybody. Good evening. Welcome to Buzzworthy Radio on this Thursday, September seventeenth, two thousand nine. Oh my gosh, September's almost over. <laughs> I just, I'm just realizing that it is ten thirty Eastern, seven thirty Pacific Coast time. We are joined by Mr. Tristan Rogers. How are you again, sir? I'm good. No, 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 no better. I'm great. You're great. You're great. I'm great. All right. That's that's the best way to be. Is great. It's 646-595-4228 to dial in on the conversation if you got questions for the man of the hour. And what did you say on Twitter that it's going to be outrageous? <laughs> Preposterously outrageous. Man. Preposterously outrageous. All right, all right. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go that route. We'll see how preposterously outrageous we're going to get here tonight. Yeah. So, so, and this is going to be a shame for those who don't know this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. If you don't know who this guy is and you don't know who he played on General Hospital, shame on you, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> you want to describe Robert Scorpio for us. I mean, we're, we all love hearing you talk about Robert Scorpio. I was a huge fan of Robert and Anna Devane and Old Hughes on General Hospital. So. I think Scorpio is essentially retired at this point. Um, you know, I, I think that after uh, Night Shift 2, I really don't think that there was anywhere for the character to go after that. And, you know, everything that we did built up to that, and I certainly had a wonderful time doing that entire three months. I mean, it was a magic time. But at this particular point, you know, Scorpio's exploits are long behind him. They're long behind the show. And, you know, the show's gone off on a different tack, and I can accept that. Yeah, because I know, I believe I read in a in a magazine interview that you did when they brought back the character of Robert and Anna and... Emma Sam's character, they they did not need to bring them back. Like, they should have focused on who they have now instead of trying to recreate the 80s. Uh, And they're probably right about that. Um, I I think at this point, uh, I mean, I I don't think about that show anymore. Um, I think about the next step, where I want to go, all the stuff I've been talking about, you know, like building a better mousetrap. Well, now I'm about to try it. And what is the next step? Let's talk about that. What is your next step? Where are well, you? I'm doing a lot of stuff behind the camera, and I'm doing stuff which is non-acting in front of the camera. But uh, the Reality Bites idea, which uh, was brought to me a while ago as a kind of an idea about, well, what about if we did this? And I said, we'll go away and develop the idea more. This was brought to me by one of the administrators of my, my website, Kate Lang. And I said, well, what's your idea? And she threw out a few uh, uh, concepts. And I said, yeah, I'll put it down in a working kind of order. You understand how a soap works and or how you want it to work. And I said, you know, lay it down in, in, in a basic structure and I'll help you put it together. And I did. And this has been kind of an evolutionary thing now going on for, I guess, at least 12 months. And so we got it to the point now where it's it's uh, it's got a story arc and it's got stuff attached to it and a few different ideas in terms of how to project it onto the screen. These ideas in terms of keeping the cost down, but also making it giving it a different look. Okay. And at this stage, you know, we're shopping it around now and looking for how to raise a budget for it. But I have really good feeling about it. There's a lot of talented people attached to this. There's a lot of like-minded people attached to this. And I, I think we're onto something here. We're not rushing into it. We're, we're kind of, you know, loping along here at our own pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to get it right. That's pretty cool. I actually um, looked um, at your website of the description of it, it and it's, it's a Definitely perfect outlet. Is this this is just going to be strictly online, or are you going to try to shop for it on a? 
I like to, uh, to, to work things out on a multi-platform basis. The multi-platform being there's television, there's the web, there's downloadable content, and there's uh, cell phones. Now, there will be other platforms as they come along. We'll just add it to the mix. But right now, they're the four main ones. Yeah. And basically, television really doesn't, or American television really doesn't use those platforms to its best advantage. So on that basis, we're probably going to start out on the web, but aim for television and incorporate all the others as we go along. It's not a big deal. Once you've got the footage, you can slice it and dice it any way you want. But it's a case of having the idea in your head that all the platforms support the idea. It's like if you put all the four platforms together, it forms a square. Well, in the middle of that square is the idea. And all of those platforms support and enhance and build the idea and make the public go away and think about the idea in a different way because each platform has got to convey a different piece of information. Maybe the same piece of information, but in a different way. It's got to be carefully constructed and put together. It can't just be slapped together. Oh, absolutely not. And hopefully, like, when this comes out, others, anything else will follow suit. Like, if anybody wants to make something similar like that, like, you, like this show will, like, pave the way for everything else kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> I always kind of think it's dangerous to be ahead of your time. Um, you know, if you get ahead of your time, then basically you finish finish out waiting for everybody to catch up so that then that you're in time. But to be kind of ahead of your time, I, I think... Uh, the novelty will wear think, off a lot faster. I think it can come back to bite you. you know? mm. So I try not to be too far ahead. I like to be like on the cutting edge, but I don't want to be doing something... I don't, I, I don't want to suddenly find myself being offered a platform that nobody else has or worse understands. Okay. So. I got you. I got yeah. you. And besides besides doing uh besides get getting ready to do reality bites, you did a movie, is that correct? Uh, you yeah. were in a movie. You were in a movie, yeah. Yeah. Uh it's not a big part, but I, I know um I know Greg really well and uh He's been kind of trying to find something specific, but in the meantime, he says, oh, I've got this part. Would you do that? And so, yeah, I, I did it. Um, it. It was kind of, how can I put this? It, it, it would be, if the Pope was Australian, he might sound and look a little bit like this. <laughs> That's the best way I can put it. That's the best way you can do it. <laughs> I like that explanation. I probably would not have said that, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> that there you sense. go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, wanted, I, I definitely wanted to ask your opinion of this. I um, actually spoke with uh, Jim Romanovich about this uh, a couple of days ago, and it, it was very unique. It was, it was a very unique response. Uh, I'm not sure if you watched the Emmys a few weeks ago. No, I, I was doing your, something. I was doing something more important. I was fishing. <laughs> you were fishing. And, I was fishing in Alaska, actually. I was, you know, but so I, I had the golden excuse not to be uh, part of it. <laughs> and I saw, I saw a comment that you made, like that they should be given in a bar, and that you should be the bartender just giving it out, like that. that yep. I think that would be cool. To do. Totally. I mean, I think that's that's where awards should be headed. The sad thing about the award business is they're really needed in the industry. I think really? award shows are totally needed in this business. However, ever since the advent of cable, you know, we had daytime Emmys, we had primetime Emmys, we had Academy Awards, and there was one other one in there. Well, all of a sudden... Cable comes along and says, well, probably because they got slighted by all of those, uh, by primetime and daytime, they said, well, we think we need our own, uh, we, our own awards. And all of a sudden, the floodgates opened. And now there's an award about every other week. 
and mm. I challenged the meaning of them. I mean, when we had the daytime Emmys, the primetime, the academies, everybody knew exactly where you were at. And getting one of those awards and aspiring to get one of those awards was tough and it was hard and it was highly competitive. Well, it's still tough and it's still highly competitive. And unfortunately, though, with the advent of all the other awards, they've kind of taken some of the, the luster and the credibility away from the legitimate awards. And that's what I'm not happy about. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like, really, what are these awards meaning to these people? Uh, do, do they have any... Uh, Value basically is what I'm trying to say. Do you have any? Oh, value they used to have a lot of value. You know, they used to be really significant. I remember my first awards watching back in 1981, uh, and where when the daytime awards were in the daytime, and they were mostly in New York, and uh, you know the the, sh the show pretty well stopped at certain moments to watch certain awards, and it was a magical, inspiring, exciting moment my point exactly mm -hmm. that's that's pretty much it i pretty much understand that wholeheartedly before i get to my next question i want to take a you up for taking fan calls tonight sure do it all right our first one is from vermont uh brian you're on the line how are you hey how's it going buddy good it's good, going man. good Hey, Tristan, how's it going? I uh, can't complain. <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan. Um, I used to uh, watch you on General Hospital quite a bit. Um, and I know you You said you've moved on from there and stuff. Um, but uh, I was just wondering, like, what your opinion um, is on the show now. Like, how you think it's how you think the show is going and stuff. Well, I... I, I... I'm, I'm at a bit of a disadvantage because I don't watch the show. Mm -hmm. um, I don't follow it like I used to. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of somewhat ignorant. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I was part of it for a, a limited period of time back in 06 and, and then back in 08. And, hey, the show is what the show is. Uh, right. it's, it's got a group of people and it, it's veered away from what it was and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, all the daytime's got its problems right now in terms of whether it's going to hang on, whether it's going to continue, et cetera, et cetera. I, um, I have commented a lot in the past and, uh, and made uh, certain criticisms, which I stand behind. I'm not taking anything back. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there comes a point in my life where I'm saying, okay, you've got to move on and you've just got to uh, start doing your own thing. And that's really where I'm at. I mean, you right. know, General Hospital does its own thing. I'm doing my own thing. Yeah, definitely. Hey, I'm just, you know, like I'm saying, you know, they definitely miss you on there, man, because they could say they could use you, definitely. Um, they don't call me and tell me that too often. <laughs> they should, though. <laughs> they should, though, you know. <laughs> they'd, be, they'd be smart to do that, that's for sure. <laughs> um, well, thanks a lot for taking my call. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, man. Take care. Take care. All right. You too. Bye. Now, this question, uh, this one, it, it kind of ties into what uh, Brian was saying. When you did Night Shift, if, uh, if you can comment on that, when you did Night Shift, how was doing that show uh, different in comparison to when doing General Hospital Day Shift kind of thing? Like, well, it was a, it, it was a different... Um, how can I put it? It, it? We took all the elements and we kind of mixed and matched them. Uh, it, it had it had elements prime time, it had daytime, it had you know it was shot in high def and it was mixed like a movie and edited and put out there as a one hour standalone show, which of course daytime is not that. So it had a totally different feel, which the public took a couple of episodes to latch onto. Now, I, I thought it was a great experiment in that, you know, it, it showed that there were there was a lot of stuff within daytime that could be changed around and experimented with and projected in a different way. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just a sad thing that we didn't go on from there. But, you know, it didn't live up to the business side of what they wanted. And in this particular time, that's that's suicide. So, okay. But I always hold that show up, that series up as, this is what can be done. And it didn't cost any more money. This is what can be done with some uh, with some creativity and thought, because this was well thought out. I mean, this just wasn't slapped together. It had some terrific people. I mean, the executive producer, the head writer, the director, or everybody uh, contributed with their own expertise to making that show what it was. So, it it wasn't an accident. It it was designed to be what it was. Right. In this. In this in this uh, era now, daytime, I have to fully agree, and I say this all the time. It's a dying, it's a dying breed, and it needs to do whatever it can to, in order for it to survive. What do you think, in your impromptu opinion, does it need to do in order to survive now? I mean, look at what happened with Guiding Light. Seventy-two years, seventy-two years, the show has been around, and tomorrow is actually its last day on the air. Well, um, firstly, soap opera, the genre of soap opera is in good is in good shape. That's not going anywhere. I mean, primetime embodies it, even movies embody it. The only problem we have here is that this chapter of soap opera being the daytime chapter, which has been around longer than television has, is now suddenly uh, finding itself in trouble. Now, it was probably always going to be in trouble. The thing that's hastened that has been the economy, because the economy has affected all parts of television, uh, daytime and primetime. Daytime has probably come out of this the worst, because they were the weakest to start with. They were already on the kind of decline. And then... The irony of this is that you would have thought that with the amount of people out of work, it might have helped, mm-hmm. and it would have pushed people back, but it didn't, because there's now way more options out there for people to get involved in. And, uh, you know, the, the daytime has got a very solid foundational audience, but that's not the foundational audience that the network wants. They want younger people, and younger people aren't going to follow their their parents' television shows. Forget it. They want their own stuff. They want stuff with their own signature on it, stuff that relates to them. And so consequently, as much as the soaps have tried to appeal to the youth market, it probably won't work. Uh, The daytime soaps are kind of encumbered by their historical baggage. And, you know, God, I, I, I knew this when I went back in 06. I thought, God, this guy's got more baggage than Titanic. (laughs) <laughs> and ultimately, ultimately, that that went against me. Unless you're going to use that baggage and play into it, then you become this character. Everyone's going, but wait a minute, he's not like that. He's like, why are you writing him like that? Well, okay, they don't want to write him like that. And so the baggage can sink you. Mm-hmm. And so this this applies to every soap. The great thing about Night Shift was that we took a slither of General Hospital and spun it off in another direction. You know, we were two floors below the main desk doing our own series, so to speak, and it existed completely separately from General Hospital. And I think I said once before, this could be done by any soap. So the real legacy of any of the soaps out there now is not the show, it's that history. That's That history at any point could be sliced off and made into something else. But that's not going to help the shows as they stand. I, I, I think that I think that as they stand they've got to have uh, a separate place meaning a separate channel. If they're all on one channel they could exist. They could make enough money. Yeah, I mean That's the same way that sport has its own channel, that mm-hmm. politics, that cartoons have their own channel. Right. Soap opera could exist with its own self made channel. You would then uh you would then 
basically craft the channel around the soaps and there'd be a lot more introspection going on, there'd be more interviews, there'd be more behind the scenes stuff, anything to sort of like liven it up. But I believe it could work. I mean, I'm not about to try it, but uh, I believe it could work. Yeah. I could see you doing that. I mean, you you, you think so now you think that that would be its, uh, its avenue, but it's now we're going out that way. Um, <laughs> Subnet, no, Subnet went off in another direction. Sure it did. It kind of became a recycling uh, channel for other soaps. Um, where it's going to finish up, <clears throat> I have no idea. But you know, I, I I think that you know the the concept of the network is certainly shifting into the web, and so if soaps were kind of reinvented, take that slither of history make them into, a, say, a 10 or a 15-minute show mm. and then broadcast them all in, say, one area and then have a lot of stuff going on to let the public in. Um, like, when I did Night Shift, I think on my website I had this thing called Backstage Pass. And I just shot all of that stuff with a flip camera. And I just sat everyone down in our dressing rooms and we just started to talk about things. And that's how that came to pass. I mean... Okay. After a while, you forgot the camera was there, so all the bad language was left in. <laughs> and it was just us being us, you know. It was just us right. talking the way that anybody else does. So it gave the public that opportunity to sort of see us when we're not, you know, reading a script or when we're not on camera. And I think it worked very well. And I would Fairly certainly use that reviews. approach. You know, I'd use that approach in the future. Okay. Very, very cool. We got a couple of questions also from the chat room, one of which comes from Agent D. Uh, when reality bites... Oh, I know her. Ah, this is yes. going to be, you know, it'll be really difficult and messy and murky, I know. It's actually not that bad. Okay. <laughs> as shocking as that is. Uh, uh, she, uh, she writes, when reality bites comes to the web or TV, will you be acting in it? Yes. You will be acting in it. I can answer that one. Yeah. Boy, that was easy. I hope they're all as easy as this. I thought it was going to be uh, more difficult. <laughs> yeah, I um, I have a, a part in it. Uh, it's an interesting character. And um, the, the, the the great thing about this is that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be in front of and behind the camera at the same time. So that's always a challenge, but it's an interesting challenge. Pretty much everything I'm doing now, I'm doing that kind of approach. Whether I'm hosting a, whether I'm hosting a, a magazine type show, or whether I'm going to be acting or whatever, everything is like I'm this dual role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And DL Wood Seven asks, can you name any other possible names for reality bites like who might show up in this? No. I'm not going to bet. I'm not going to get pinned down on that one. Uh, yeah, there's a short list of people that we would like to use, but uh, uh, nothing's been uh, settled at this point, and so I would be remiss in turning around and mentioning names. All right, there you go. There we go. All right, we got a caller uh, from uh, Texas. Uh, you're on the line with Tristan Rogers. How are you? What's your name? Um, my name is Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Um, my question is about the demographic that Reality Bites is aimed for. Um, one of the things I loved about General Hospital was that I could come home, you know, be sick from school one day and watch it with my mom, and we would kind of have this thing in common that we talk about. Um, so I was wondering if the same kind of feel is going to be there in Reality Bites. You know, the big demographic out there right now is the over 50 market. The over 50 market is like 150 million plus, and nobody seems to want to deal with that. So what I would basically do would be to endeavor to tap into that market. Uh, And then after you've built your foundation, you've got your building blocks underneath you, then you start to reach out. It's all about the balance. Um, You know, People say that kids out there now are all attention deficit. That's not true. <laughs> they like quality. You know, they like quality like like 
any of us did 20 years ago. They're not going to be suckered in for something that they don't feel that they have a connection to. No, you can and, tell, like the soap opera plots that are, hey, the kids are like this. And I, I'm, I'm not quite pulled in. <laughs> well, you know, the, probably the big example out there right now is The Hills mm. and the derivations of that thereof, where that evolved from. I don't see anything wrong with that. That's a scripted show. Uh, and you could learn a lot in terms of how it's shot. I'm not saying I would do a show like that. But what I'm saying is that that's the kind of show that that right now has got the kids. It's got a big audience. What I'm saying is apply some balance to it. It's not that kids want to see all of the 16-year-olds running around on a show. They want to see a balance between... Uh, between the older or the, the, the older people on the show and themselves, we always did that back when I was first on General Hospital. That was that was uh, central to the way the show was put together. You must have that balance, and then you know people are going to look at it and go, "Okay, yeah, I get this." But I'm, but I'm, but I'm. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Michelle. Good night. Our next chat question comes from I hope I say this right, Lorraine. Wanted wanted to know what is your uh, what are your bulldogs names? Ah, the bullies. The bullies. The well, bullies. there's Willie, which is the one that's on my website. In fact I'm gonna be using Willie a whole lot more. Uh Willie's a are basically um she's a British bulldog. She was born in England and she was imported. Um, then there's another one which is a, mil- a miniature. That's Blossom, and she's actually looks different from Willie, um, almost weighs as much, but just she's a different shape. And then there's another one which is my son's bully. She's just a puppy, but she's called Olive, and uh, she has a brownish coat. At the moment, she has a case of cherry eye. Mm-hmm. which is common in bulldogs. It's where the uh, tear duct is uh, gets infected and inflamed, and then you've got to have it operated on. She's got it in both eyes. Mm. Willie had it too for a while, but then it disappeared. So we haven't had that dealt with yet because she's a little young, and we really don't like what they're suggesting to us where they basically cut the tear duct out. And then when they get older they start to suffer from dry eye because there's no tears coming under the eyes to the, to, uh, to keep it lubricated. Right. So we're hoping that we can just have it pushed back and that it will stay there. But they're the three of them, yeah. Oh, that's a shame. And they're really precious little animals. I just love them to death. I mean, uh, I just love having fun with them. They're just so sweet and they've got such great personalities and they're all different and they just love to be around you absolutely absolutely now i i, I just saw this in the chat room um i did not know that you like to attend uh, um independent film festivals yeah i've been hosting uh the palm beach independent film festival now for about the last three years and i've gotten really involved with the people down there uh, we have a big film festival here in Palm Springs, and I haven't been to that now for probably about two years. But uh, I love the independent film festivals. They are the spirit of the industry. Without the independent film producer, we would have nothing. Mm. I mean, we'd be looking at Jaws 28 and Rambo 55 or whatever, <laughs> because all of the all of the spirit and the creative stuff comes from these independents that get out there and sweat and slog for five years and get a project yeah. made after mortgaging their house three times, and then it gets moderately successful, and a studio looks at that and says, oh, let's throw $100 million at that, and suddenly, boom, and away they go. But it all comes from that, from independent film. Without that, we, we don't have anything. So, yeah, I support that wholeheartedly. It's very underrated. Independent films are very underrated, it, it, and it's definitely something that a lot of people will not get to see. And there's some really good stuff. In, yeah, in you're right films. about that. There's, you know, there's probably about 1,600 movies made in this country every year. Of that, 
probably three quarters of them are maybe unwatchable. But then you've got about, on top of that, there's about 60 to 80 that'll get a mainline release, and then you've got a huge volume still that won't get any release at all. So, you know, I, I think that there's a business to basically give that, those number of movies, some kind of a release. It may not be in a mainstream theater, but I think there, there, there's a market there to bring these movies to the attention of the public because there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, I go to these film festivals and I am blown away by some of the things that I see and I know no one's ever going to see them. Right. Which is really a shame. There's some yeah. really talented people out there that do that and like you said, they've probably been working on them for several years in order to get that out there and yep. you know, no one's going to be able to appreciate that work which is really, it's really a shame. You're right, and I'm hoping that the web might be able to uh, be a, a bridge that gap in some way. You know that is a, that is a good that is a good opinion. I mean, the web is it's growing if it hasn't already, yeah. <laughs> and pretty much everything will be going there. I mean, it, it'll probably find a place in the internet world. So, you know, hopefully, I, I think as hopefully. soon as we do that final meld between television and the web. Um, and there is stuff out there now that'll do it, but it's just sometimes not all that user-friendly and doesn't always work all that well. But as soon as that final, you know, piece of duct tape has, you know, put the two of them together in a way that is foolproof and it works all the time, I think you're going to see a lot of these uh, movies in, yeah. in places pop up. Absolutely. Now, I have no idea where this caller is coming from, so... Um Unknown caller, you're on the air. <laughs> Hi, is my name is Sue. I'm calling from North Dakota. North Dakota, Sue, how are you? Pretty good. Hey, Tristan, been following you for a long, long time. Um, Hi, Sue. I'm really. Hi, I'm really excited about the the new Reality Bites. Um, and um, please don't take this the wrong way, but um, last couple years you've had so many projects out there that just were never followed through with. Are you well, the, a lot of them were never followed through. There's a reason for that. Uh, the My Sad Cafe thing, that's happening. Our, our fortunes have risen and sunk on the basis of the stock market. So we had money, then it disappeared. We had it, we did, it disappeared again. And basically, that's the reason that that never happened. Um, I got my all-access site up and running which I wanted to. And, uh, you know, I've been dabbling with other things. Uh, it's it's kind of easy to turn around and just say, oh, yeah, this is going to happen. And then all of a sudden circumstances step in and they don't happen. But where Reality Bites is concerned, don't expect to see it up and running tomorrow because that's not the way it's going to be. We've got a lot of steps to go through before this becomes uh, a real show. It's just been—it's just been pretty disappointing over the past years. Uh, which particular project were you disappointed in? Just in general. I mean, from the websites to the different shows. I mean, we keep hearing you're going to do all this stuff, but nothing ever gets followed through. Well, like, you know, a lot of the stuff the... is about my re imminent return to General Hospital. That was never yeah. in the cards. Everything kind of centers around that. And if you sit down and look at everything that you've been told about, you'll find that probably three-quarters of it was, oh, well, he's coming back into General Hospital. No. Yeah, it's just it's frustrating as a fan. I mean, we're trying to support you, and then we feel like we're putting out there, but we're not getting back in return. But you see, I don't start these rumors. Yeah. I'm just the victim of them. And they start yeah. generally somewhere else. Uh, anything to do with General Hospital probably starts somewhere in General Hospital. But why not address uh, it then that way and, and say this is not true versus letting it continue? Well, you... It's because, easy to I mean, say that, but it's nothing to do with me. I mean, I'm not the person who started this. It's like starting a bushfire. Uh, once it's started, it has a mind and a life of its own. So I just go, okay, look, I don't have a deal on the plate, and I, I know that there's nothing going on, but somebody somewhere thinks that it's worthwhile starting this rumor. Right. 
Well, okay. Well, I appreciate you answering the questions, and I hope that you follow through with this this project. Well, I'll be following through with it. As I said, don't expect to see it up and running tomorrow. I'll be talking about it as it makes progress, as it goes along, and I'll be giving you updates on, you know, when and where you can expect to see it. I guess the best thing to do is better better when we see it, we'll know it happens, I guess. Is You're so right. That is yeah. the perfect approach. All right, well, I thank you, and thank you, Buzzworthy, for uh, allowing me and others to hear this. So, Thank, thank you. you very much. Bye. Take care. All right, this uh, chat, chat question comes from Observer 12. I didn't know that. Uh, Reality Bites was the name of a big movie. Would you change the? Would you have to change the name? Do you think? You know, I, I was waiting for this to come up, uh, and the answer to that question is I don't know. Uh, yes, it was the name of a big movie, and um, all I can say is that it's a possibility. It, it, it might be that it's in our best interest to do that. It might be that it's not. That movie was made a while ago. Uh, it's a case of... I mean, that was about vampires, wasn't it? I think so. I haven't seen it, but I, I, I did hear about it. But, yeah. Uh, well, we're nothing to do with vampires. <laughs> Straight up. Um, so, yeah, it, it's possibly something that might have to be addressed. I'm not going to bother addressing it at this early stage. Uh, oh, too many other elements of this show to think about. But, uh, but yeah, that was a good question. We'll we'll see what happens there. So yeah, I, I kind of expected that. Yeah. So what what more Tristan Rogers will we be seeing you do? Would you like to be more behind the cameras doing stuff? Would you like to be more in front of the cameras doing stuff? Uh, I'd like to more, be more behind. You want to be more behind? Yeah. I want to do more stuff on the creative side. If I can't do it in front of the camera, uh, then I would definitely like to have uh, more of a say behind the camera in terms of how things are done, crafted, put together, and put out there. Now, there's a lot of good actors out there. I'm, I'm not concerned about that. Uh, if the right role is there, fine. Um, but, you know, I'm not married to it. And I think that I think that if I'm going to get, uh, if, I'm going to, if I want certain shows to happen the way I want them to happen, I've got to put in that time behind the camera. And sometimes it's not always possible to do both. Really? Not <laughs> properly. Properly. And plus... If you think about it, if you're if you're behind the scenes, you you, you feel like you get to have more how do I put this control yes. over what what's going on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, some people can say will say, "Yo, you can do both," and uh, maybe they can. Uh, being you know full time on the production side of things is is a totally foreign area to me. I'd like to feel totally comfortable in that so rather than running back and forth between you know two different wearing two different hats I might just decide uh, I might just need to wear one hat mm. to do to get the job done properly and then try the rest later and do it later on that's yeah. just a thought yeah, I mean it's I mean it's probably some people I'm working with right now are going what does he think he's saying <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but you know yeah, I you know I, I watch what goes on with on, in, in both of those different areas, and yeah, they're they're two big jobs and they're two vastly different jobs. Mm. So, and uh, I, I we got corrected. It it reality advice is not about vampires. It starred Winona Ryder and Ethan Hawke, and it's about college kids starting life. So, obviously, I had no idea what I was. Is that what it was? About. Where did I get the reality bites thing was about vampires? Why did I yes, think that? The biting part. <laughs> Maybe that's well, it. I think the biting part. <laughs> I yeah, that, that's always just thought it was a movie with George Hamilton in it. Where did I? What was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, okay. I, 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 that that just shows we have no idea what we're talking about as far as movies yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes we're better off for that too. 
I think so. And I, I don't, like I said, I don't like Winona Ryder. I'm sorry I put that out there, but I don't. <laughs> oh, well, come on. It's your shoplifting habits that are coming to the forefront here. Yeah, they'll probably, like, pick it out there, like, going, you don't like Winona Ryder? What the? I'm like, I don't. <laughs> Never met her, so I, I can't make a comment. You know, I like her work, but I liked her in, uh, I liked her in, um, uh, Beetlejuice. I, I, I did, I did. I did like her in Beetlejuice. I'll give you that. I did like her in Beetlejuice. That was a good movie. Really yeah. good movie. All right. Alabama caller, you're on the line. What part of Alabama are you calling from, and what's your name? Uh, I'm calling you from the central part of Alabama, and my name is Kate. Hi, Tristan. Hi, baby. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We haven't spoken for ever. Oh, at least 15, 20 minutes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's emails. Yeah, exactly. Not supposed to. I thought you were supposed to be out somewhere. Uh, I got back in, in time to make the show. Oh, you did. How about oh. that? Reality's yeah, good. I was gonna what would you like questions. to know that you don't know already? Oh, I would actually just like to give some information. It's uh, Reality Bytes, B-Y-T-E-S, and it right. relates to technology as in megabytes, as in small little pieces, but not okay. vampires. Definitely not vampires. Not vampires. No. Okay. <laughs> well, I've read the treatments. I helped write them, so yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, All right, my question for I... you, and I want to hear you say this over the Internet, so that'll be fun. Uh, describe okay. the, your character on Reality Bites. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Notice how he's trying to get out of answering that question. I know. Isn't it nice? Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> this is a real stretch. Okay. I know. But this is a guy who used to be an actor and who becomes a producer who is then in turn asked to come back and save the show that made him famous. I'll buy that. Okay. okay. Without giving too much away. I'll buy that. Okay. That's okay. what he is. Uh, and all of these people around I'm not going to get into some of the ideas we've got in terms of how we want to shoot this and some no. of the concepts and stuff like that there. But, mm -hmm. yeah, simplistically put, that's what this character is. And he will be... Uh, is he feisty? I guess he's... Is he nice? No, is he feisty? Is he oh, feisty? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll have... Oh, yeah. Uh, he'll have uh, a lot of my sense of humor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the dry uh, the dry humor will be experiencing. Yeah, yeah, that, Caustic wit. Caustic and sushi disdain look now. Um, Are you having fun? Uh, it'll be good. It'll be great. It'll be terrific. All, All right. right. So, you know, we've got a long way to go, and as I try yeah. to point out to the last person, you know, don't expect to see this on the air. Oh, uh, no. Right I'm just now finding out what all is involved. Oh, good. Welcome to education. the happy world of production. I was wondering Thank when the, that penny would drop. <laughs> Reality has set in. Yeah, reality has bitten. It has. Um, it's um, it's you know a getting you when you really get into producing something and putting it together. The one thing that crosses your mind is how does anything ever get made? And you're right. right. That will that will dawn on you. You go, how did anything ever get made in the last fifty seventy years of this industry? Movies, movies in particular. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm always amazed when I sit down with people and we're talking about a movie and they're this and that. Any one of a number of things the size of a pinhead can derail that movie. And the same thing pretty much applies to television. You know, the one thing that's always awkward about television is the politics. Mm. Politics will kill it, whether it's a great idea or whether it's not a great idea. You know, you, you get through it. And at the end of it, that's why that's why almost everybody in this business drinks. Yeah, and that's why Reality Bites is so much more interesting because it's real. Yes, and also we're headed to a different format. We're headed to a different place. You know, we're going to start in the web, and I find that the web being the new frontier is a very exciting medium to be involved in. Um, it, it's definitely a place that I want to be a part of and uh, I, I want to, you know, put a stamp on it.
make my little plot there because the web's big enough for everybody. So. All right. You still there? Well, you know the, the answer to your out. question, though. The answer to your question is will and skill. That's what gets it made. But I got to go. It's nice talking to you. You too. All right. Bye. Bye bye. We'll do this again soon. All right. Bye. <laughs> bye. All right, so where do we see Reality Bites being filmed? Like, would you say in different parts of California or straight in uh, Palm Beach, Palm Springs or whatever? Do you see it in, like, Los Angeles? Uh, you know, give me, a little, give me a little feel. Give me a little feel of it. If I had my choice, I'd shoot it in Florida. Florida? Yes. Uh, hmm. Give it that, that Florida look, you know. Okay. Florida has a great look to it, which is, you know, basically they shoot Florida down in San Diego in California, but uh, it has a great look, and uh, it has everything there. I mean, it has a crew, and it has a talent pool, and stuff like that, and it also has a, some kind of a an incentive program for the state. Not a great one, but it does have one. Yeah, that's where I would shoot it, there. And okay. use that backdrop and uh, develop that signature look around it. Um, and because uh, I know a lot of people down there, mm -hmm. and having shot something down there already, and many things down there already, and I'm a big fan of, of that that look, that that you know that Palm Beach type look. So I would like to use that. Okay. That would be interesting. I mean, I've seen some shows. Uh, I know that there's this Miami social show. It, it has a great, it has a more interesting look than a California or a New York look would. And I never would have thought that about Florida until I saw well, that show. You know, a, a lot of people shoot down there and really don't make use of what the state has in terms of that look. But uh, that would be the, one of the prime reasons I might want to shoot down there, to capitalize on that. Okay. And plus, it's got everything else. It's got studios, and it's got, it's got, you know, it's got talent. It's got a crew pool. It's got all the stuff down there that you need. You just draw on that rather than, you know, maybe going somewhere else and getting a better financial deal, but then having to fly too many key people in. Um, I mean, California's getting left in the dust because of the fact we don't have a really good incentive program here, and this is an expensive place to shoot. It like really is. Deals here. You can do a deal here to to shoot and then get a good union deal, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I kind of find it exciting to be able to shoot maybe down in Florida. Nice. It's always been on high on my list of things that I wanted to do. Very, very cool, man. And, and thanks, Ice Princess 81. Love at first bite with that George Hamilton movie. So thank you for uh, answering our question. You would have the word bite in it. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was probably gonna look it up too. Like after the show, we were like, "What was this movie? Were we talking about?" <laughs> I knew it had bite in it. That was it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wasn't too far off. Close, but not close enough. But thank you, thank yeah. you for making us look like idiots. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Fifteen <laughs> right. times to die. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, DL was also is asking, um, and I've never seen this yet. Have you ever seen Family Dinner? That thing with Laurie Bell. Uh, and if you uh, and if you and if you have, what would be the same? What would be different with that and uh, reality bites? Is basically what they're asking. Given that I haven't seen the show, I can't comment on it. Uh, ah. Okay. I, I have seen uh, another show. I think it's called Venice. Venice, yes. Yeah. That is getting a lot of public um, publicity. Oh my god. Yeah, that's. I think that's excellent. It's got really good production value. It? It's well put together. It's got a good look to it. It moves around. It's got a good feel to it. Yeah, I think it's a good example of uh, of good web entertainment. So, so let's uh, let's look at it, let's look at it in that fashion. Like looking at Venice, what would Venice and Reality Bites be similar? What would be different between those two? Well. Um, I mean, there's there's the story there. Uh, we haven't kind of really crafted the story in terms of... Well, I think there is a story arc at this point. 
um, it won't have that look. I want a different look to it. Uh, and I can't really go into that specifically what I'm looking for, but I, I'll know it when I see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you had to point to something, you could point to Venice as being a great example of good web programming. There was another show on NBC.com years ago that was shot down at Venice Beach, and I've forgotten the name of it. Um, you remember it? It was a dot-com show. I I know what you're talking about. Uh, someone actually pointed that out to me, and I can't remember the name of it. They spent quite a bit of money on that, and it had really good production value. And uh, I was really impressed with it. It was all shot in one big house on Venice Beach. Yeah, it was. Uh, and it, it, it was good. Uh, it worked um, very well. Well, you know, somewhere in the middle there is where I want to be. Uh, looking at what can be done and looking at what you want to do, ultimately you come up with what you finish up with. And I, I, I looked at those two, because I, I had a lot of people look at those shows, that particular show on NBC.com. They only did one season of it, I think. It was one month's worth. might have been a bit longer than that. But it was an excellent show, and uh, everything in it worked. Had a great look to it, and they used the house really well. <clears throat> I don't remember what the story was about, but it was in line with what the soap type thing was, is, and uh, it was a good example. And I think Venice is good. Venice has got some good people attached to it. Uh, so much more you know, professional people in terms of who have a uh, soap history. This is another thing which is important. I would tend to want to use people with a soap history and a soap background simply because they know what's going on and they can get the job done without having to lead them around by the hand. They know exactly. Okay, here are the lines, there's the camera, do it. And that's the great thing I love about working with people in daytime drama. They've got that that background and that, that expertise and you, you don't have to sort of... You, you don't have a lot of time. Right. You're doing a 10-minute show and you're maybe shooting three episodes a day. You, you are really dependent upon your actors to get out there and be able to deliver straight away without kind of lots of talk, without lots of direction. That is the way the business is. And it's probably going to get worse. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that would be keynote as far as I'm concerned I would tend to favor using people with daytime experience over anybody else and then maybe you won't have to you won't have to worry about like with uh, a new person coming on you won't have to show them the ropes let's say and you know they you know they could come in get the job done go in do their thing read their lines that's it you block it you're done because that's pretty much what daytime is doing right now you don't even have like a dress rehearsal kind of thing anymore you just go in you block and you you do your script and that's it that's true and from what I'm understanding it's like if you mess up you got to keep going yep I can't I mean I kind of love that that living on the edge type approach but uh, yeah it can make you a little bit ragged if you've never done that before um it can, you know, the great thing about soap was it, it was always just a fantastic and is a fantastic training ground for future artists. I think one of the big losses will be that we, if that is taken away, there really isn't anything to replace it. There's nothing mm-hmm. out there that's going to give artists and young people coming up that 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 experience, that immediate experience that a soap opera gives you. I mean, you never get that anywhere else. Right. You deal with a soap, you can deal with anything. Working on a soap is tough. I mean, you're you're chucking out, what, how many episodes a day in like a five or four or five day week? And you're reading like so many, so many pages a day. And in any other avenue, you're doing like so many, so many pages throughout a week, if not a few months. You know what I mean? And daytime gets a bad rep. They really get a bad rep. I don't understand why, but no, really I've never understood that myself. Never understood that. Um, 
you know, these are the hardest working people out there and they do it under incredible circumstances and they deliver stuff that you think, how the hell did they ever do that? Uh, you know, I look back on a lot of the stuff we did on GH and you wonder after a while, how did we ever get that done and it came out like this? Well, sure, a lot of it's dressed up in the um, in the editing room, but still the essence of the performance was good to begin with. Right. Basically because, you know, the people are good. Absolutely. And we got one we got one final question in the chat. They want to know is Opportunity Knox ever going to be on DVD? I've been pushing for Opportunity Knox to be a uh, a web-based series. And that may still happen. Opportunity Knox at the moment is in a bit of a legal wrangle. And that's the reason it hasn't gone ahead. Legal there's wrangle? A number of people that, yeah, there's some BS around it that I won't go into. Okay. But um, there's a number of people that want to do it, and it has a lot of interest. Uh, and you know, it went from it went from a television show to maybe a web show. And I've said, well, yeah, it would work well as a web show. Ten minute show, maybe three times a week. You did your thirty minutes spread over three days. And so a lot of people are looking at that format for that particular thing. And that would be another thing that would be done because that was done in Florida too. Uh, you know, the more productions I could actually scoop down there and do at once would be great. Um, but yeah, that's a possibility that has not disappeared. It's just got a few problems at the moment that need to be ironed out, and you know, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, there you go. There you go, Ice Princess. I cannot believe we've been here for an hour. <laughs> I, 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 I say that all the time. It's like, where does the time go, man? I mean, oh, man, it's already been an hour, and it's we're winding right. down, and right. uh, I would love for you to do a promo for us, if you don't mind. Not a problem. All right. You can say, along the lines, this is Tristan Rogers, and you are listening to Buzzworthy Radio, or you can improvise that in any way, shape, or form if you want to, but whenever you're ready, we're, we're ready for you, so go ahead whenever you're ready. Hi. I'm Tristan Rogers. And you're listening to Buzzworthy Radio. Have a good one. You got a radio voice, man. Now, aside from the fact that you got the face for television, you got a voice for radio. Thank you very much. Thank you, mate. All right, you take uh, care. Thank now. you for your time. Anytime. Absolutely, absolutely. Come back once uh, Reality Bites gets off the ground running. We'd love to have you back then. Or whatever, else, or whatever else you got coming up that you want to promote. Yeah, there might be some stuff coming up shortly. Um, yeah, I can't get into it, but uh, I'm always out there with stuff. So you never know. All right, man. We'll look for you. All right, man. All right. Look forward to it. Take care. Good night. Good night. All right, everybody. We are down to our last minute. I just want to make sure that I can get all my promotions out of here. Um, before the clock winds down and before we go off the air, I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Thanks for all the callers that called us tonight. They're great, great, great callers. Love them. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to be on at 12 noon. I'm going to have on the band Lunar. They're going to be throwing their uh, New York concert that's going to be taking place on the 21st. So they're going to be on for a little half an hour, and we're going to be talking to them um, to promote that. And on Tuesday, the 22nd, I'm going to have on two guests. Hopefully, I'm going to be working at the timestamp a little bit well. We're going to have on David Saver from CNBC's The New Age of Walmart. He's going to be talking about that. And then we're going to have on Sean Robinson from Access Hollywood. They're going to be celebrating their 15th year on the air in syndicated television. Uh, we've got some interviews coming up that we're working on with uh, Stacey Haidu, Ricky Paul Golden, uh, Christian LeBlanc will be make um, hopefully another uh, appearance on the show. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff that we are working on, and we're still doing some things with Fringe, so make sure you guys stay tuned for that. We're going to get into that. 
So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This is Navel Jaley signing off, making sure you guys get the latest buzz with Buzz Ready Radio. We'll see you guys next time. Take care. Hi, this is Dr. Blockstein, and you're listening to Buzzworthy Radio on Blah... What? No, I, I can't do it like he does it. I, I just can't. Yeah. All right, I'll try. <coughs> it is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy. <coughs> God, that hurts my voice. Can't get enough of Buzzworthy Radio. Log on now to www.buzzworthyradio.net to get the latest news on upcoming guests, past shows and videos of all your favorite stars. Keep getting the latest buzz with Buzzworthy.